0: All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. may be seated. This morning, we're continuing Family Matters, learning how to lead our families righteously with the love of God in wicked days. How to lead our families righteously with the love of God in wicked days. The greatest command is the love command, to love with the agape love of God, which is selfless. You know, the world loves selfishly. The world, people put themselves first. And in worldly parenting, and in worldly marriage, and in worldly family, people put themselves first. We're to love with the agape love of God, which is selfless. Jesus said in Matthew 22, beginning in verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. If you're married, your closest neighbor is your spouse. If you have children, your next closest neighbor is your children. So love, agape love, the God kind of love, it begins in your home and in your family. If I love my wife, I'll put her first ahead of myself. If I love my children, I'll put them first ahead of myself. If I love my wife and my children, I will do what's best for them, no matter what's going on in the world. If I love my family, I will love and parent and lead my family the way the Bible says, not the way this culture says, not by the standards or the dictates of what is popular or approved by the world, I'll do things God's way, and I'll lead my family in righteousness. Now you've heard pastors say that our job as parents is not finished until our children are well-educated, well-married, and self-sufficient. That is productive, successful, providing for themselves, providing for their own family. Psalm 127, beginning in verse three, Psalm 127, beginning in verse 3, this is out of the New Living Translation. Children are a gift from the Lord. A gift, not not a burden, Not, not a chain around your neck. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful, how joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. Children are a gift, a heritage, a treasure from the Lord. And every child has an eternal spirit. And they will spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. So you have to parent and discipline them and lead them accordingly. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 11. Now now here Paul is speaking of how a pastor pastors and how an elder leads in the church But this is true in the home. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 11, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God. That's what we're to do in our homes and our families in 2022, to parent and lead and to urge that our families live lives worthy of God. And the, the culture would say everything is acceptable. And and I realize that in the church world today, there's so much that would say every sinful, wicked thing is acceptable, but it is not. Some things are not worthy of God. Some things are not worthy of Christ. Some things are not worthy of what we call Christianity. And so we're to lead, we're to guide, we're to urge that our families and our children live lives worthy of God. Love, agape love, trains, and it retrains. And just when you think you're done training, love, agape love keeps training and training and training. I said last Sunday that, you know, I'm 40 years old. We got five kids, but but my father, he is still commanding me. And my father is still telling me things to do and not do, to tweak, to improve, to change. So it never stops. You know, some of us, I think we get in our minds that they reach a certain age and we're going to get a Winnebago and go on vacation the rest of our lives. It's not godly. It's not a godly mentality. We're to lead, we're to guide, we're to direct until the day we meet the Lord. And sure, there comes a time in life where you give them more room, but that doesn't mean that we're going to stop speaking what is right and stop speaking what is true. And stop leading and guiding. Love, agape love trains and retrains. Proverbs 22, verse 6, train a child in the way he should go. Not not the way the world says. Not not the way that in this crazy culture in 2022, a child wrongly influenced by things online or wrong friends may want to go. Train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. The new king James says, "Not depart from it." You've heard my father say that Genesis 18:19 is the key to prosperity, and the key to God's best, which is days of heaven upon the earth. Genesis 18:19. Speaking of Abraham, the Lord said, "For I know him, that, that He will command, not suggest, not beg, not plead, not negotiate." I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him, that the Lord may. We, we have a part to play, and we have to do our part, and if you really want to walk in the blessing of the Lord, you got to live the, got to live the life in every part of your life, not just on Sunday not just on Wednesday, not just at work, but in your home, in your marriage, your family, in your parenting. You got to live the life and command your children and your household. If I love my children, I will command them. I will lead them according to the word of God. I will not allow wrong friends or fellowship. I will not allow sinful, wicked behavior. And again, when those rose. When a young person heads down those roads, there have to be consequences. The blessings have to stop. If there are no consequences, they're just going to keep heading down that road. Love, agape love, disciplines. Love, agape love, disciplines. Proverbs 6, verse 23, for these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light. And the corrections of discipline are the way to life. And in 2022, like so many times in history, it really is a matter of life and death, the blessing and the curse. The corrections of discipline are the way to life. Proverbs 13 verse 24, he who spares the rod hates his son. not, Not dislikes, not isn't the best father or isn't the best leadership or could be a better father. He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline them. He who loves them is careful to discipline him. So love, agape love, disciplines. Now, I know this is controversial in 2022, And this is why our society and our culture is a wreck. We see the results of generation after generation now of young people growing up with no discipline, no no correction. No one ever got a spanking. And so we see the results of an out-of-control generation, not just one, several now. And now you have parents that were never spanked, raising another generation who has never been spanked. And we see the results of it. And again, if you're going to be a godly parent and parent God's way, you're going to discipline in the home. Now, love disciplines. Love is not abusive. And love never disciplines in anger. And I know sometimes that can be a challenge. Get back in bed, and I mean right now. And that's why if you're you're home, husband and wife, husband's upset, he can hand things over to the wife. Or if the wife is angry, she can hand things over to the husband to discipline. If you're in a situation where you've been left on your own, it's just you, you gotta calm down before you discipline. When Christina and I were little, my parents used what's called a dowel rod. You go to Ace Hardware or Home Depot, get a little dowel rod, little wooden stick, you know, maybe that big around like that, and spanking on the bottom. You know, God, God gave us all a place with extra padding. And some of us have more extra padding than others. Amen. <laughs> so when Christine and I were little, my parents would use a little dowel rod from the hardware store. And again, not anything that's hurtful, but enough to sting. Enough to get their attention. And Christine and I were naughty and we needed spankings and we'd go about hiding those dowel rods. And they were always buying more. I remember my mom's mom chasing me around saying, come back, I'm going to spank you. Now Jessica and I use wooden spoons. But as we all know, things aren't made in America anymore and they're not what they used to be. So it seems like we're ordering wooden spoons all the time. And I think uh, some have gone missing. I think there's some nefarious activity going on but love disciplines love does not allow temper tantrums love does not allow fits love does not allow bad attitudes love does not allow the the rolling of the eyes you know if they're disrespecting you they're disrespecting their teachers if they're disrespecting you they're dis, uh, they're disrespecting Aaron Wood or pastors Gene and Sue And so when they're little, until they they get bigger, they they need spankings. They need godly discipline. And as pastor said, we don't bring God into it. We don't bring the Bible in it. So when I put Samuel or Julia or now Emily across my knee, I tell them, I love you. We're not going to act that way, and you're getting a spanking. I don't bring God into it. I don't bring the Bible into it. I'm leading my home the way the Word of God says, but I don't blame it on God. I don't blame it on the Bible. And I tell them I love them, but we're not gonna act that way. And because they acted that way, they're gonna get a spanking. Now, every child is different. You know, Samuel, he can get a spanking and he's good for several days. Some of the others have needed a little bit more than that. So they're all different. And you've got a parent and guide and discipline them accordingly in love. And see, that I know right now I'm being judged. I know right now I'm being disagreed with. But I want you to see that you're not doing things according to the word of God. So you're gonna get your result, not God's result. And it is a matter of hate or a matter of love. Now the world would say love is letting them act however they want. And do whatever they want, but that's not the love of God. We're to love and we're to discipline and love. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. The rod of discipline will drive it far from him. So love disciplines. And if I love my children and my family, I will discipline them faithfully and consistently. As I said, though, love is not abusive. And love never disciplines in anger. So again, if you have the husband and wife, gotta tag team sometimes. Gotta call in reinforcement sometimes. And if you're in a situation where you're on your own, you gotta cool down and not do things in anger. Proverbs 23, verse 13. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death you're you're teaching them there are consequences you're teaching them that there is a price to be paid you're you're teaching them that if they they grow up and do certain things and head down certain roads there may be a price to be paid and we we live in a time and a culture in which people want to behave however they want and then when authority shows up they don't know how to deal with authority so you got to teach them in the home to be respectful and honor authority. Biblical discipline is a matter of life and death. And that's especially true in 2022. Proverbs 29, verse 15 the rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mother. The NASB says, a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. So, see, if you don't discipline, if you don't correct, if when they're, they're little until a certain age, when they're too big, if you don't spank, you're, you're just bringing shame upon yourself down the road. You're just bringing trouble upon yourself down the road. You're just putting yourself in a situation where you, you didn't do a good job raising your children, and now you're going to have to raise your grandchildren. So better to do what's right now. Better to do what's biblical now. Better to do what's not necessarily easy now. The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left himself disgraces his mother. Verse 17, discipline your son and he will give you peace. See, if you want peaceful days when you're older, you have to do what's right now. You have to do what's biblical now. You have to do what is maybe not necessarily easy now. Discipline your son and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. See, see young people, we're, we're supposed to be a blessing to our parents, not a burden. Our, our parents shouldn't have to pay our bills. Our parents shouldn't have to bail us out. But parents, the flip side is you've got to do what you've got to do when they're young and when they're growing up. So they're a blessing later and not a burden. Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 1, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That's the goal, that it might go well with our children, that as long as the Lord tarries, they would enjoy peace and blessing and long life. Now, children reach an age where they can no longer be spanked, So you have to discipline them in other ways with other consequences. Being grounded, losing privileges, missing out on events. You know, the youth just had a great event this Friday night. Well, maybe because of poor grades, or maybe because of bad behavior, or maybe because of disrespect, somebody needs to stay home and not watch TV and not be playing games and not be on the internet and not be on the cell phone. They need to be grounded, literally. And if it's fun, then what are you accomplishing? So there have to be other consequences as they get older. Maybe they miss out on certain blessings. Maybe they lose their phone. Maybe the car keys get taken away. Well, then I won't be number one dad for 2022. That's okay because you want peace later. I said, that's okay, because you want a good end result later. Love, agape love, rewards obedience and good behavior. You might ask, as my children get older, how do I have a voice? How do I persuade my children and then my teens and my young adults to make the right choices in life and in dating and marriage? You can't be a hypocrite. You gotta lead by example. And it just can't be rules, 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 with no blessings. And no rewards. Ephesians 6 and verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate or frustrate or anger your children. Instead, bring them up in the training, the instruction of the Lord. Colossians 3 and verse 21. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. So like Father God in your home, there have to be consequences for disobedience or wrong behavior or wrong conduct and blessings for obedience Have rules with consequences for wrongdoing, but also have rules and rewards for obedience and right behavior and good grades or whatever it is for what you want. Don't spoil your children, but also don't lead them to resent you. And and this is where some have missed it over the years. The purpose of our prosperity is so we can be a blessing. And yes, that's to be a blessing to the kingdom of God, but it's also to be a blessing to your family and to your children. And some people, it's rules, 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 and there's no blessing. There's no reward. So of course they resent it. Of course they want to leave skid marks to get away. So you have to have consequences for wrongdoing, but you also have to have rewards and blessings for right conduct and right behavior. And you have to do that at your level, whatever it is reward good, bless obedience. That is the righteous purpose of authority, whether in government or in the home, to reward good and to punish wrongdoing. Romans 13, beginning in verse three, for rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and he will commend you, for he is God's servant to do you good. But if you do wrong, be afraid for he does not bear the sword for nothing. Mom, dad does not bear the rod of discipline for no reason. The other day, Julia done something. I said, that's it, you're getting a spanking. No, yes, you are getting a spanking right now. And Emily's catching on quick. She got real excited. And Emily ran <laughs> down the living room and ran to the kitchen. She pulled the drawer open. She knows where it is and she grabbed that wooden spoon and she chased Julia down and she had that look of determination like if daddy doesn't, I'm gonna take care of it for him. (laughs) See, righteous government is to bear the sword to reward good and punish evil, but in the home, mom and dad are to wield the sword of authority, the rod of discipline or the spoon of discipline. So everybody is clear. You know, Samuel just turned seven. Girls are about to turn 12, 10, 5, and 2. So everybody is clear. We're not acting like that here. We're not behaving like that here. That behavior is not going to be tolerated here. And Paul lays out, Romans 13, that righteous authority, it rewards good and it punishes wrongdoing. Love, agape love, does not show favoritism. Love, agape love does not show favoritism. My brothers as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ don't show favoritism. Sarah and Abraham grew impatient waiting on the promise of God. So instead they relied on the arm of the flesh. The result, Ishmael. So of course later, Isaac was the favored son and it led to drama and it led to trouble. Isaac and Rebekah were well matched in marriage, but in sin, wrongfully, they each had favorites. Isaac favored Esau, Rebekah favored Jacob. The result? Trouble, drama, lying, deceit, heartache. Our heavenly Father does not show favoritism. Praise God for it. Amen. Amen. He does not show favoritism. The New Testament is clear. In the church, We are not to show favoritism. And we should not show favoritism in our homes either. The rules should be equally applied. And I understand if you have children that are older and one's doing right and they're being blessed and one's doing wrong and there are some consequences between the children, it could seem like things aren't fair. But as mom or dad, got to keep your heart right. Got to not show favoritism. Every child is uniquely and wonderfully made in God's image. Love them equally. But realize every child is uniquely different. They're not the same or cookie cutter. So parent and lead them accordingly. Discipline them accordingly. What works best or is effective for one child may not be as effective with the next child. And they're all different. Different giftings, different talents, different abilities. One may be an A-plus honor roll student. One might be an A-B student. Love them equally. Don't show favoritism. And don't ever make them aware that you, you well, the one is A-plus honor roll, and they're the favored child, and the other, they don't do as well, so that they're not as loved. They're not as favored. The world may do that. But that is not godly, righteous behavior. Don't show favoritism. And sometimes we deal with these situations. Well, one child's easy. One child's more difficult. One child just needed one spanking a week. Another might need one a day, which keeps trouble away. Amen? They're all different. You got to parent and lead and guide and correct and Discipline accordingly and not show favoritism. Love, agape love protects. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. Guard your home, guard your children. Don't allow evil, wicked things in your home. Don't allow evil, wicked people, young or old, family or not, to influence your children. Lay down your life to protect your home and your family. Love, agape love serves. The Bible says of Jesus that he did not come to be served, but to serve. Lead your family by serving your family. Husbands, put your wife ahead of yourself. Prioritize and serve your children with righteous, biblical leadership. It won't always be easy, but do what's right. Serve and lead your family righteously. Love, agape love, is not fearful. 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in agape love. Perfect love drives out fear. You're the parent. You're the elder. You're the leader. Stop fearing your children. Stop fearing your children. Do what's right in love. Stop fearing your children. Lead, guide, discipline, Correct, rebuke, exhort, teach, rebuke, correct, train, and then retrain. And keep on training and retraining. Love, agape love puts God first. Hebrews 10:25. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. In these days, we're to gather together more not less, yet many families put sports and activities and recreation ahead of church attendance with their family. If your pattern is just coming to church once or twice a month in 20 years, how often do you think your children will be in church? If you're not faithful in church now, why would your children be faithful someday as adults? Our attitude should be like Joshua in Joshua 24, verse 15. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. And I don't care if the whole culture's going to hell. On Sunday, it's the Lord's Day, and our family will be in church. If Chick-fil-A can be closed on Sunday, you can put God first on Sunday. Doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. And and I know people have high hopes, high aspirations. You know, you, you, you think if your child will only just have a Super Bowl ring, you've arrived. Well, what good is it if they end up in hell? If they would only get an Oscar, you've arrived. What good is it if they end up in hell? You have to put God first. You have to put the things of God first. Yes, I'm 40 years old, and I've known a handful that have gone on to college sports and professional sports. A handful in 40 years being around all kinds of families got to put god first. Got to put the things of god first. Because when the lights dim and the noise of the crowd goes away, it's going to be them and god. Our attitude ought to be like David. Psalm 122 verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So parents, what is your pattern or example? If you don't love God, why would your children love God? If you don't put God first, why would your children put God first? If you don't love and honor God's word, why would your children love and honor God's word? Love, agape love is a blessing. You have to be a blessing to your spouse, to your children. Love, agape love is a blessing. Early on, back at the hotel, there was a man didn't believe in being a blessing. Not not generous, stingy, selfish, but, but he was so spiritual. You might say, how spiritual was he, Austin? He was so spiritual, he didn't believe in having insurance. And of course, they faced some challenges, of course. There was a medical emergency, and he ended up bankrupted. The family ended up bankrupted. Nothing left behind for the wife and the children. That's not the agape love of God. We're to be a blessing. We're to do what's right. You're to put your spouse ahead of yourself. You're to put your children ahead of yourself. No matter what the cost, you're to do what's right. Proverbs 13, verse 22, a good man. What kind of man? A good man man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So put your spouse and your children ahead of yourself. Put your spouse and children ahead of your own needs, wants, or desires, not long after that, but a long time ago, no one will know who this is. There was a man, He wasn't a blessing to his wife, wasn't a blessing to his children, never took them anywhere, but when he got a mistress, he bought her new clothes. And then he took, he never took his wife or children to Disney World, but when he got a mistress, he used his wife's credit card to take his mistress to Disney World. That's wicked. You you can't behave that way and call yourself a son of God or a Christian man. Love, agape love, is a blessing. And love, agape love, is faithful. Doing what is right or righteous may not always be easy, but if you do things God's way, you'll have a blessed end result. Days of heaven upon the earth. Love, agape love, is faithful faithful to your wife, faithful to your children, faithful to your family. Hebrews 13, verse four, marriage should be honored by all. We live in a culture that doesn't honor marriage. So if you call yourself by the name of Christ, you have to honor marriage. You might be listening in person or online. Maybe you need to put a ring on it. The Bible says we're to honor marriage. And the culture may not, And your mama may not, but the Bible says we're to honor marriage. And until there's a ring, it's a relationship of dishonor. i got to stay on track. (laughs) Marriage should be honored by all. And the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Proverbs 23, verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We could say it this way, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a woman thinketh in her heart, so is she. Jesus did not lower the standards. Jesus raised the standards. Jesus did not lower the standards of conduct. Jesus raised the standards of conduct. Matthew 5, beginning in verse 27, you have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, this is Jesus, I tell you that anyone looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And you might say, well, Austin, I didn't do anything. I just thought about it, or I've been thinking about it. Jesus says don't. Jesus says don't. The Apostle Paul wrote that we're to take captive every thought and to make it obedient to Christ. I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Love, agape love is faithful. And love, agape love, removes any stumbling blocks. Wrong friends, wrong relationships, Places you ought not be, people you ought not be around. Love, agape love, removes any stumbling blocks. Now, when there have been times where someone has approached me in the atrium and they've said, pastor, I need help, I need prayer, I've been doing things I shouldn't do, watching things I shouldn't watch, I don't say, let's go over to guest services so they can gouge out your eye. Tell them you might need to unplug the cable or cancel the internet or turn off the Netflix. You might need one of those old fashioned flip phones. Think in the movies now they call those burner phones. You might need a phone that all you can do is make a phone call. I remember telling a man that once, and he he just looked at me like I had told him to climb Mount Everest but it's serious. It's life and death because the wife, she thought he was at work every day when he was meeting a prostitute for lunch every day. Love, agape love, is faithful. And love, agape love, removes any stumbling blocks. Husbands, wives, you can resist and overcome any temptation. Hebrews 4, beginning in verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Say no. Remove any stumbling blocks from your life. Unfriend, unfollow, unlike. And I know the, the world, it mocks and makes fun of the Billy Graham rule, but the Bible says to avoid even the appearance of evil. And I think the culture's so crazy, you know, you, you got to be careful having lunch with guys now you're a guy, so I wouldn't be doing private meetings with anyone in 2022. We live in wicked, evil times, and the Bible says to avoid even the appearance of evil, so love, agape love, is faithful, and love, agape love, removes any stumbling blocks, and the doctoral level at seminary for one of the seminars, They had Dr. Jimmy Draper come talk to us, pastored his entire life here in the Metroplex, Southern Baptist pastor, no scandals, pastored his entire life faithfully. And he told us something that day I've never forgotten. It's probably one of the most helpful things I learned in seminary. He said, Young men, you have to decide in advance to do what's right. And he said, You have to decide in advance not to sin. And he said, you have to decide in advance not to give in to temptation. And he said, if you decide in advance to do what's right, and you decide in advance to say no, then down the road, when the opportunity presents itself or Satan tempts you, you've already made the decision to do what's right. And you've already made the decision to say no, and it makes it easier there in that moment. So you just gotta make up your mind. You're gonna do things God's way. And lead your family righteously. Love, agape love, follows the biblical pattern for marriage and family. Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 21. Ephesians 5, beginning in verse 21. Submit to one another. Like the King James, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. That's the life we're to live. In our homes, in our family, in the church, submit one to another. The Bible teaches mutual submission. We submit one to another. This is how the husband can lead in agape love. Wives, verse 22, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love, lead, and serve like Jesus And someone might say, and I know this is not politically correct in 2022. And that's why we have a society that is in chaos. That is why we have anarchy. That is why the children are leading the adults around by the nose. There is to be submission, there is to be authority. In the home, there is to be a leader. But the Bible teaches we're to submit one to another. And the wife is to submit as the church submits to Christ. And the husband is to love the wife as Christ loves the church. Now, where's the abuse in that? Where's the abuse of authority in that? It's not. So husbands, you have to love and lead and serve like Jesus. That's the kind of man worthy of submission, respect, authority, authority. And leadership. As men, Titus 2 and verse 2 says, we are to be worthy of respect. See, see, you just can't say submit, submit, submit. You have to be worthy of respect. And maybe you haven't been. So maybe your wife has had to lead. You are to be worthy of respect. And the Bible teaches us how. Husbands, verse 25 love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Husbands love as Jesus loves. Is Christ mean? I said, is Christ mean? No. Is Christ abusive? No. Is Christ short-tempered? No. Is Jesus angry constantly? No. Is Jesus mean-spirited? No. Is Jesus spiteful? No. Is Jesus vindictive? No. We're to love? Like Jesus loves. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 2, verse 8, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. So again, is Christ unkind or unloving? And the answer is no. Back in Ephesians, verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ in the church however each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband and so it's what Charles Finney defined the love of God as to will and to do to the highest good of the other to love the other to love your husband to love your wife as you love yourself to put them first to put them ahead of yourself yes The wife must respect her husband, but a husband has to be worthy of respect. The Bible says a wife should respect her husband, but a husband on the flip side has to be worthy of respect. And maybe you haven't been. Repent. Change. Do what's right. Ephesians 6 verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you, and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Love, agape love, follows the biblical pattern for marriage and family. After reminding the women that true beauty comes from within, Peter writes in 1 Peter 3:7, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. See, you you thought you've needed more faith. What you need is more kindness. You thought you needed the laying on of hands again. What you need is love. See, maybe it's the lack of love in your home hindering your blessings, hindering your answers to prayer. Maybe you you thought it was this or that, maybe it's how you treat your wife that is hindering your blessings and your answers to prayer. Love, agape love, follows the biblical pattern for marriage and family. Colossians 3 verse 18, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your appearance in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Love, agape love, follows the biblical pattern for marriage and family. Y'all ready for one last one? Love, agape love, provides. Love, agape love, provides. Love, agape love, gets up and goes to work. Love, agape love, puts the needs of your family ahead of your own needs. Love, agape love provides. First Timothy five verse eight, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The King James says is worse than an infidel or pagan. Someone lost, someone who does not know God. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. A Christian man or husband is to provide for his family and his children and their needs, their shelter, their clothing, their food, their education, and their medical care. And I realize that all costs money. That's why you're to go to work and provide for your family. And I realize that all of those things cost more in 2022. That's why at Faith Christian Center, we believe in the prosperity of God. Amen. Maybe now things are gonna to start to click for someone. It costs what it costs. I never cease to be amazed at what men do to save money, but it's always with their wife or their children. When it comes to their care, or their medical care, they always, it's first class all the way. Now I could get in a lot of trouble here, so I'm trying to be careful. Pastor during the week of increase mentioned braces. It is what it is. It costs what it costs. You've heard me say that when Jessica came home and told me about what Sophie would need, and, and Jessica said, you know, as long as Sophie's going to get taken care of, I, I want to get it done too and do what they're, they're suggesting. And I had to get my mind around it. Well, praise God, I've matured since then. Amen? Amen? And so Sophie's doing round two. Praise the Lord. And Michaela just got started. Praise the Lord. Sounds like Samuel's going to be getting started sometime next year. Praise the Lord. But, but I, it's, it's all right. I said it's all right. Because I know Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, is my provider. So I put them first ahead of these other things. I put their care and their provision first ahead of these other things which are less important. Men, it is ungodly and it is unrighteous and it is unchristian and it is selfish to be generous with yourself and cheap with your wife and children. Stop being cheap with your wife. Stop being cheap with your children. And young ladies, when you're dating, pay attention he's not generous dating he's not going to be generous married men don't call yourself a Christian man if you do not provide for your family and for your children men do not call yourself a Christian man if you put your own wants or needs or desires ahead of the needs and desires of your family and your children you know there are men they'll show up at a, a sporting event and they'll act like number one dad but they don't pay for anything. They don't pay for food. They don't pay for clothes. They don't pay for school supplies. They don't pay for the education. It is a disgrace. Don't call yourself a Christian man and act that way. The sermon's starting to get expensive. Because for you to walk with God, it's going to cost you something. I said for you to walk with God, it's going to cost you something. Zacchaeus had an encounter with Jesus Christ. But it cost him something. Because he set about to paying back what he had stolen and making it up, I believe, fourfold. Men, do not call yourself a Christian man you fail to honor your financial obligations to children you have fathered. I said men, do not call yourself a Christian man if you fail to honor your financial obligations to children you have fathered. The world may have deadbeat dads, but there are no deadbeat dads in the kingdom of God. I said the world may have deadbeat dads, but there are no deadbeat dads in the kingdom of God. 1 Timothy 5:8. if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Love, agape love, follows the biblical pattern for marriage and family. We'll end with Malachi 2, beginning in verse 13. Malachi 2, beginning in verse 13. And this is the Lord's rebuke to leaders in Malachi's day. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer pays attention to your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why, 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 why me? It is because the Lord is acting as the witness between you and the wife of your youth because you have broken faith with her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the Lord made them one in flesh and spirit? They are his, and why one? because he was seeking godly offspring. So guard yourself in the spirit and do not break faith with the wife of your youth. Friends, that is what it is all about, your eternal destiny and the eternal destiny of your children and your grandchildren. My life is not my own. The moment you give your life to Jesus Christ and make him your Lord and Savior, your life is not your own. Your family is not your own. Your children are not your own. We belong to God. And that's why, like Joshua, our attitude has to be, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Please bow your heads. You might be here today, and you say, Austin, I've never given my life to Christ. I've never asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. God loves you. And he has a wonderful plan and purpose for your life, but it all begins by making Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes upon him would not perish, but have everlasting life. This world, it'll lie to you, it'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, that is sufficient. You'll be in heaven someday. This world, it'll lie. It'll tell you that you can come up with your own way, your own path to God. That is a lie. There is one name by which men and women can be saved, and his name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There is one name by which we can be saved, and his name is Jesus. You're here today and say, Austin, I, I've never given him my life, but I want to, and I want to be a part of the family of God. That's you this morning, wherever you're seated, raise your hand, raise it high, raise it clear so I'll see it and I'll know. You want me to pray with you, say, Austin, pray with me. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. Thank you. See the hand? Thank you. You might also be here today, and at a time in your life, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, but you, you know in your heart you've not been living for God. You've been doing your own thing, living for self, putting yourself ahead of God, yourself ahead of your family, those counting on you, putting self first. The Bible says the mercies of God are new every morning. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful, he's just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can have a new beginning and a fresh start. You can leave here today with the peace of God knowing you're right with God, knowing you have a new beginning and a fresh start. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me, pray with me, I wanna recommit my life, I wanna make things right with God before I go today. If that's you, raise your hand high, we I'll see it and i know, you want me to pray with you. For the sake of those that raised hands, we're going to pray. If you raised your hand for either invitation, grab your Bible, purse, whatever you brought with you so you're not thinking about it, come join me up here at the front, we're going to pray. And maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you say, oh, you know you should have. You know God's dealing with your heart. You want to be up here. Come. No, no one's going to think a thing of it. No, no one's going to judge you. Everybody's going to be excited and thrilled for the decision to put God first and to give him your life. So come join us up here at the front. We're going We're going to pray. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you bless you sir for the sake of those that have come forward I'm going to ask you to pray with me let's pray along with them say this in Jesus name Jesus. Heavenly Father I come to you and I repent of my sins and I repent of living for myself I believe that Jesus he gave his life so that I could be born again so that I could be a part of your family so I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you take just a moment and go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, they have some things to bless you with. They'll get you right back in the service. You may have prayed together with us, watching, listening online now or later. We want to be a blessing to you. You can go to the address on the screen. Fill out a short form. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to bless you with the Bible. We'll also send you a copy of Pastor's book, God's Very Own Child. and It'll help you get started in living the Christian life.